from Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 462, recorded live from Apple Park. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, Fitbod, and Notion. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, sitting right next to me, by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hurley told me earlier today, and I can report this exclusively here on Upgrade, that this is one of the greatest days of his life. It is indeed. I made it. I have uh, dealt with lots of jokes at the expense of my friends about if I would make it to the keynote today, and I'm happy to report I made it to the keynote today. Yeah, you were right behind me. I was right behind you. We were, we were in the sun. There's a very narrow part of the We were in the sun for a the, short period yes, of time. And then, the, and then the sun went away behind me. We actually part. had really good seats for that reason. So there was mm-hmm. a kind of like tons of seats outside, half under a canopy, and then some kind of sitting behind, right? Like kind of like a... Like it kind of in towards the building, and we were right on the edge. So at first it was sun there, so no one was sitting there. So like, all right, we'll sit there. But then as the sun went away, because the time, because time moves the sun, yeah, uh-huh. that's how that works. It's not. Mm, it no. is. No, that's how it works. And then the, we were in the shade. It was lovely, and we had yes. great seats. We did for quite an incredible time. Quite a show, yeah. So we're just gonna get through what we're gonna get through, so we can start talking about all the announcements of today. Uh, so. Keynote was incredible. I had a wonderful time. It was amazing to watch it. Uh, we got to go to the Steve Jobs Theater. I went there for the first time. Just amazing. I'm going to take some time to process all of this, I mm-hmm. think. I think it's going to... It's, it's a big day. It's got to settle in for me a big little bit. Big day for Mike. We have some new merch available. If you go to UpgradeYourWardrobe.com, you will find a selection of designs for, to celebrate the summer of fun, which... It's kind of going to start next week because we're going right. to record it in person in your garden. Indeed. Very summery. Mm-hmm. But we, ha- we brought back a bunch of Summer of Fun designs, including the a brand new design, which is the Dongletown Surf Shop. Do you want to tell you the gradients about that? It's, uh, you, might, uh, you walk down uh, to the beach there in Dongletown, and there's Thunderbolt Dock or, is right there. Mm-hmm. And Thunderbolt Dock, as you may know, is, this, uh, is a famous, world-famous surf shop. Yep, so the Thunderbolt Dock Surf Shop tee is now available, along with a couple of classic Summer of Fun uh, and just for the next, uh, next couple, couple of weeks. weeks. So, so get in there. Do not miss it. Buy many, buy yep. them soon. Upgradeyourwardrobe.com. Now we move into draft results. Yes. So we we, we actually did some adjudication. Yes, a quiet ceremony the uh, at, adjacent to this podcast studio at Apple Park. Mm-hmm. Mike and I got together, had a discussion, yep. and uh, consulted with Stephen Hackett yep. on a key feature. And we've decided and have shaken hands on it we that have. the final score was 10-10. yes. Uh, with Mike winning on the tiebreaker because the keynote was about two hours and five minutes long. Yes. I was, uh, we were getting like an hour and 56, and I'm like, oh, the tiebreaker's going to me. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Because they were like, now let's talk about the technology. Yeah, and about, I'm like, oh, I'm good. 50, <laughs> at about 150, I thought, oh, no, we've gone. It's yep. it's not going to happen now. So we'll probably go through another time the actual scoring, maybe, because again, there's a ton to do today. Uh, but I'm happy yeah. with that 10 10. You. you well, the key thing to know about this is we did the other category. I went into the other category thinking firmly that there would be no Mac yep. stuff announced here. Yep. Um, mere days after we recorded that, it became clear that Mac stuff would be announced here, yep. and that was that was pretty much all she wrote. Yep. <sighs> yeah, take it in. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm happy to win, so I'm like keeping the draft. Yeah. I'm keeping the draft dream alive. Yes, I reckon there's probably only one more event this year. Probably. So, I mean, you never know, but probably. It feels like maybe. So, well, who knows, actually, because this is the thing that I'm, I'm, I think I'm most surprised about. We're going to talk about in depth the uh, reality. No, wait, it's not. It's Apple Vision Pro. Apple Vision. 
Pro. It's a classic, a name from history brought back. But the timing of it is interesting to me. I guess we'll hear more about it in September, but we might not. We might not. Might be they might wait until like December maybe, year. or early in the year, or depending on when year, it's available. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of fascinating. All right, but we need to get into Apple Vision Pro. Let me take our first break, and we'll start breaking it down. All right. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell your products, services, and the content that you create. Squarespace has you covered. With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your site visitors are coming from, where your sales are coming from, they can tell you all of that by analyzing all of this information and giving it to you in their amazing system. You can then use that data to improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. You can get stuck in with their SEO tools to make sure that you're maximizing prominence among search results. You can have a blog to share your your stories, your photos, your videos. You can have Squarespace email campaigns so you can get people to sign up and become email subscribers you can have an online store you can have everything squarespace is the all-in-one place to go if you want to set up a website of your own i've been using squarespace forever as long as i've been producing things online which i realize has been about 15 years now i've been using squarespace it's where i go to set up my websites and it's where you should go to look for yours go to squarespace.com upgrade and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required then when you're ready to launch use the offer code upgrade to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain that is squarespace.com upgrade and then when you sign up use the offer code upgrade to get 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for the show our thanks to squarespace for the support of this show and all of relay fm i maybe have never felt less prepared for a show than i feel right now yeah we um two things first off we last night we're talking about this yep. and there, there comes a moment when those of us who enjoy preparing for podcasts or anything else in life realize there's literally nothing more you can do because we don't know the answers yep. until 10 a.m on monday mm-hmm. And so you can't prepare in advance. You really can't. Mm-mm. And then secondarily, we've been running around Apple Park all day, whereas yes. normally you are watching from somewhere mm-hmm. and watching the keynote. Mm-hmm. And then afterward, you do some diligent work and mm-hmm. I'm running around and mm-hmm. don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you tell me, so what's going on? My biggest thing, and I have no <laughs> doubt because the Upgradians have been listening to the show forever. They, you know, they, they know our stories. I decided today to not take notes during the keynote. I wanted to sit and just watch it and enjoy it and be around all my friends and like have that experience mm-hmm. rather than sitting there as I would normally do and taking all my notes. So we're going a little bit more off the dome today. But I thought it would be best to start by talking about Apple Vision Pro. Yes. Uh, straight up the name. Good, good name. Good name. Good name. I looked and I don't think we ever predicted it, although I think maybe I saw or participated in a conversation somewhere where it came up as a list of possible names. Yep. And because somebody mentioned, because Apple Vision, at one point there was a monitor called Apple Vision. I think in the power early Power mm-hmm. Mac era, mm-hmm. Apple had a branded monitor called Apple Vision. Um, so name floating out there. I like it. I, I think like it's it a better a name than any of the other names that were rumored about it. I think it's actually a very good name. And is it Vision OS? It is Vision OS. Yeah. So good. Also a good reality. name. This reality is so or better. XR yeah. or yeah. VR or AR. Yeah. Just got to hand it to the marketing team there. They did thumbs it. Thumbs up. And yeah. also, how interesting it is that, I mean, I do wonder, you know, if they were trying to lead people off this, because there are a lot of trademarks, right? I think, well, I think at one point you're doing it to cover all your bases, and yeah. then at another point you keep it going yeah. because what you really want to do is um, not give it away. And also, as we say, like, 
who knows when this part is actually decided. It's like one of the least important things in the overall the, idea of the pr creating the presentation. The product does not come out until 2024. Yeah. There are no boxes, right? Yes. There's no there's no story here. There's no developer story. There's literally a price and next year, yeah. and that's it. So they can call it, I mean, honestly, they could have called it anything. Today. I think there's fun. going to be more of a developer story over the next couple of days. Because like, they, they gave some yeah. basic kind of outlines of these, are, we're using the same tools and oh, sure. it's the stuff you know. And, you know, that, and I think one of the presenters did say that there would be more this week and more this year. Right. I expect... The state is for context, you know, because saying about not being prepared. So we watched the keynote, went to the hands-on area. I went and got a coffee, and then we came straight to record. And you also had a briefing in that time mm -hmm. when I was grabbing a drink. And so we we are currently counter-programming the State of the Union, which I have no doubt they're talking about in the State of the Union. And I'm sure that there will be a bajillion sessions. Sure. Because it's what people want to yeah. know. I just, I mean more that there is, there was no sort of like, how do developers get their hands on the hardware, which maybe that yes. story will happen too. But the point is, um, this product is not, like we got a lot of products today that we'll talk about later where it seemed like they were never going to come out or they were not going to come out for a very long time. And then they're like, oh yeah, next week it'll be there. This was not that, right? This is this is so far out there, and this is a unique chance where Apple has a brand new product that they can pre-announce it. They can lay all the groundwork they want in whatever way they want, and they don't have to... I mean, literally, they could have changed... Other than recording the videos, like the night before they recorded the videos for this, they could have changed the name if yeah. they had wanted to. So they have that freedom that they don't usually have. But they chose a great name. I think it's a good name, yeah. The... We talk about the hover a ton, obviously, right? But the biggest thing is the screen on the front. The yeah, eyesight. Right? Is that is that what it, that's called? Eyesight, eyesight, right? It seemed before today like an potential, like an impossible thing to get to look right. But in all of the imagery, and again, neither of us have actually seen. I've seen the hardware, but not on, right. or like it, like just playing, like it wouldn't have eyes, right? Uh, I from from the photos from the videos, they've nailed that, and that is ingenious. Yeah, I want to give some credit to Mark Gurman who kept by this yep. when everybody else was like, "This seems unreasonable." Yep. And we were talking about this again last night when mm -hmm. we were we were hanging out. Um, I I keep thinking, and I kept thinking in this last week that Apple. I really believe that all those stories about the debate about does headset technology do VR and AR separate you from the real world and separate you from people. And if you look at this presentation, you can see the care that Apple took every step of the way, including in the hardware, to make a product that is harder, a lot harder, to accuse of not caring about human interaction and not caring about cutting people off from the world. And the screen is a part of that story. Yep. The fact that they made it a lenticular lens, which is if you ever bought like a, a baseball card or a, or a collector's card of some kind where it's got the funny kind of, or a DVD even, where there's a, it's got the funny ridges so that when you move it, it looks like the person is moving or they're in 3D. Mm -hmm. That is what lenticular is. And that's uh -huh. what the screen is. And the uh -huh. idea there is if you're to their left, it's like you're looking in from the left. And if you're to their right, it's like you're looking in from the right. Oh, okay. So it's giving this illusion of uh -huh. depth that it that furthers the idea that this person you're actually sort of seeing through 
even though there's hardware in the way, it's like you're seeing through ski goggles or something yeah, to their eyes. that's what it looks like. And that's the effect that they want. And the idea that it, it, it also serves, let's talk about Google Glass for a second. One of the big criticisms of Google Glass was like, oh, they may be videoing me. They may be you know, taking pictures of me. And they had a whole story here, which is first off, if you see the eyes, they're looking at you. If you don't see that, they can't see you. Yeah. Um, they also then had the idea that it, you, you could be in this environment, but then if somebody walks up to you, you see them. Which that is was a, an incredible moment. In everybody was like gasping Whoa, at that. Yeah. And, and so like you, this lady who's the size of a mountain, right? Like like she was looking out on like a, a vista of mountains or something like that. Yeah, and, and then, then like the a like, colleague comes and sits down or a friend sits down and they're just like sitting right? next to the mountain. So you end up with this scenario and then they the privacy angle, which I thought yeah. was so good that, I mean, it's very typical Apple, but I thought it was really well done. The idea that you have all these cameras that are looking out over your house. Well, what is that? Where does where does that camera data go? Yep. And the answer is nowhere. We're not going to let it go anywhere. And when you see people, uh, you know, where does that go? And the answer is nowhere. We're not going to let that go anywhere. And that's part of the story too. But fundamentally, I think Apple is trying to approach this product from the most humane standpoint possible, which is and, you should be able to see your yes. surroundings when you want to, and people should know what you're doing, and it shouldn't cut you off. Unless you totally want to be cut off. I did like that moment where they're on an airplane and it's like, goodbye. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> but uh, but even on an airplane, I'd kind of like to know if somebody's trying to get my yeah. attention, well, right? Well, people so, come up to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Time. So I think that they did a really good job of telling that story, which I was, I, I have to say, last night when we were talking about it, I felt like if, if I would bet anything, it would have been that. that they would have done that. And I think the story started immediately with Tim Cook and the way they're positioning this product. This is an AR product. That is what this is. Yeah. It looks like a VR product. It will work like a VR product if you want. It will. But for Apple, this is an AR product. They leaned into augmented reality. Yeah. The, the moments, majority of the I mean, demos are looking into an environment. Every context was yeah. you're going to start in the real world. Yes. You start the product in the real world. You start any experience in the real world. And then they would say, or, you know, you can watch a movie in your house or you can watch it on Mount Hood or in space or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, OK, that's great. But they always start with, you know, you're working in your office and somebody comes up to you or you can turn that dial. You can turn that digital crown dial and turn your back on the world. But but you have to choose to exit the world. And and that, again, without changing the hardware or software at all, you could make claims that this is a VR pro product that has AR. You could do that, because it will do that. Mm -hmm. We didn't even see any games that are pure VR experiences, which is like the number one application for VR. One of the presenters said during that part, this is just the start of the gaming story yeah. for Vision Pro. Yeah, and I sure. feel like that was like, hey, yes, we have only shown you someone playing a PlayStation with a PlayStation controller, which is not right. gaming but for this device, realistically. So it feels extremely intentional to me yeah. that they really didn't want to show cut off experiences that weren't influenced by the real world. Yeah. Cause it was all like no fitness demo. And like I turned to one underscore about this and he was surprised maybe the second time. Yeah. Right. Maybe they'll show games then maybe they'll show fitness then when maybe people have had more time yeah. to, to sit they on it. They will certainly have an, at least one more opportunity yes. to introduce the world to this product. This is step one. Yeah. And and I think that they've held some things back, not even necessarily for technical reasons, but yeah. because they want to tell this very particular message about what this product represents. Yeah. And it is connected to reality, not turning your back on reality.
spatial computing. That's the term that we're going to be very used to hearing. That's yes. the new term. That's what this is. And it's, you know, the I was joking about this on Connected, but I think we're here. It's like the age of skeuomorphism is back, like, but it's different now. But the, the UI design has a tactility to it. It looks like it's real, like it's physical. Things laid on top of each other, like even the app icons, there's like a distance between the background and the foreground. There was a lot of that going on. And this idea of, we saw it, right? Like you'd open an app and your other app would go to the left and you'd look over there and you would be able to see your apps and like it's all kind of physically around you. That's what this is they're calling it the spatial computing device like that's what vision os yeah. is going to be wearable spatial computing this is it's interesting right because i think a lot of this stuff has been maybe sort of second rate like it's a yeah it's a game machine or it's a it's a using a phone processor mm -hmm. or it's tethered to a um tethered to a game console Right, mm -hmm. in the case of the PSVR. Mm -hmm. And Apple's strength is saying, this is another mobile device. This is a wearable spatial computer. Apple understands computers. They understand technology. They understand wearables. Like, so what Apple wants you to do is think yep. of this product in terms of Apple's strengths. Yep. And I think that that's super smart. I think that them spending time on having an M2 as well as a custom uh, chip in order to do all of the real-time processing shows you that that's how you want this to feel. Now, I will also admit that as they kept saying that, um, the you know, that part of this product, I started to think the more they say this is a computer and it's a spatial computer and it's using Apple's prowess, I thought every time they do that, the price goes up. Yes. Right? Because what in did part, they call it? The most advanced computer they've ever made or something like that? It was the most advanced personal electronic device ever. In the world ever, ever. I mean, and when they showed just the all of the sensors, and because powered by the R1 chip, which is in combination with the M2 chip, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I can see that. This looks like it's doing just an obscene amount of work. Yeah, 12 cameras, five sensors, six microphones, uh, two 4K displays, yep. plus the external display. Yep. And, you know, this is what we all sort of were expecting, which is something that is going to max out um, what's possible because they want to show, I, I really believe this, they want to show this technology and this entire concept of what a device can be in the best light possible rather than it being something that's sort of like broken but affordable. They want to show it first and foremost as amazing and then they'll deal with making it affordable mm -hmm. down the road. In fact, at several points they did say this is the closest you'll ever get to Apple talking about future products is this is the first step. Yeah, they said that several times. It's clear, clear in the name. Why but, is pro in the name? Yes. Right, like the, when there's no other thing. Yeah, it, there's it's just this, this. is just the beginning. Yeah. Tim Cook says at one point it's a first step, but I will say, every time they talked about the technological prowess, I did think less and less likely that they were going to be a price that was surprising yeah. us in a positive way. Yeah. And so when they <laughs> dropped the price at thirty four ninety nine, which is five hundred dollars more than anybody expected yes. it to be. Even in the highest thing. I love thing. the build up to that where he listed all of the things inside of it. Like, well, here yeah. we go. Yeah, like, right. Where it's like, well, look, but you're getting these cameras and these things and all that and all that. And you end up with this price. Now, that, that's an incredibly expensive thing. I will say that the beauty of being in 
the reality distortion field as you and I were today is you have the moment where they say thirty four ninety nine and you're like, I don't care what it costs. Well, so Just give it to me now. I feel <laughs> when they said it, I was like, ooh, because it, it was more. But having watched that presentation, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I, you, I think I can see why. And I kind of agree I, I to think, do it this way. I think they justified it. I think that there are going to be lots of people who are going to say it's too expensive. Quite rightly. And they're going to say a lot of people won't buy it, which yep. we've heard that even Apple actually behind the scenes thinks that, that, that it's going to be a relatively low-volume product. It's step one. But well, they're producing it in low-volume. It's I, US only to yeah, begin with. I think, exactly. I think, though, it will be harder. You can still make the case because anybody can have a hot take. But I think it'll be harder to make the case that the price is unjustified. Because I, I think mm-hmm. I think Apple has one of the things they had to do today was say, here's why it's like this. Yep. It's because we spared no expense and we did all these things yep. and we did this for a reason. And so I think it's a perfectly reasonable analysis for somebody to say at that price, they're not going to sell any of it. It's going to be you know extremely limited and they're going to need to do better. And I'm I'm. I would bet that behind the scenes, people at Apple would say, well, of course, this is the first step. We, we, we're going to start here and set the bar. But I think I would not agree with anybody who said, look at this thing. I can't believe they priced it the way they did. Because that's a different argument, right? It's not the, can it sell at that price? It's, is there enough technology in that product for you to understand that price? And on that on that level, yes, I do. I, I get why it costs what it costs, even though I also kind of blanch at it yeah. and say, you know, because, uh, and, and that'll be part of the developer question too. Yep. Developers will have to say is, how long am I going to have to do work on this platform before I'll be able to make money? Because if there are going to be only, you know, a few hundred thousand of these sold in the first year, um, I'm going to have to, you know, the, you, you're, Apple's going to be asking them to make an investment in the long haul. Yeah in hope of that yep. future return in two or three or four years yep. or five or longer, right? You know, this is one of the things I was talking with our friend Mike Sargent on Clockwise. We're both going to be on Clockwise today, today as well. So yes. check out Relay FM, uh, Clockwise. And we both looked at each other and we were think, thinking the same thing. And he said, maybe it's because I'm here and I'm excited about this. But I feel like I just watched the iPhone keynote from 2007 I want to feel that way that's, because and that's, that's exciting how they want you to for feel. me, right? But I truly feel like I've seen something special today. Like even, so we went to the Steve Jobs Theater and upstairs they had the Macs. We'll talk about the Macs in a bit. Downstairs they had just the hardware on like a plinth. And I took some photos and the photos looked like the photos from Macworld 2007 <clears throat> right. where it's just here's the hardware suspended and there are just... Too many people to count taking photos. Right. Right. And but I guess the thing about the 2007 one, there wasn't cameras as such. It was just people looking because there was no iPhone to take the photo right. of there the were, iPhone. There were people there with but like traditional it, but cameras, everybody but it was mostly just today was just taking a picture, right? And there is, I think, something about this. I mean, I believe in this general sense of technology anyway. I have for a while. I think that there is something interesting here in AR and VR. Mm-hmm. But what they showed today, the package that they put together of what this thing does, the, the, the level of production for the videos, the detail that they went into, it feels to me like we may look back on this one in 10 years and be like, oh man, that was... 
I mean, that's what they're shooting for, right? I think this is going to be a historic day one way or another. Yes. Um, I don't think there's going to be any in between. Either this is going to be the beginning of something big, which Apple thinks it is, or it's not, at which point we're going to be like, wow, Apple really thought Mm -hmm. there was going to be something there. But um, so the moments where I... There were a few moments where the magic kind of fell apart for me. Okay. um, Where... In the attempt to show how useful this thing is, because one of the challenges is how how is this useful? Why would you use it? Right? It's trying to explain, I think, the fundamental question. Everybody I talk to when I say Apple's doing a headset, they they ask, well, why, 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 why would I do it? Why would I use it? Why would I buy one? And they made some very good points uh, when they showed Microsoft Office apps running. Dan Morin was sitting next to me, and he had a he, he laughed out loud. And I thought, well, it I want to do this. It is it in, is kind of like well, when you go to when you go to Microsoft. But the place where it lost me, and I have I think there's a reason for it. One of the places that it lost me was in the. Um, we created this amazing uh, 3D mm. photo thing mm-hmm. so that you yeah. so that when your child's having its birthday party, you can wear a headset and take 3D images of your, weird, of your child it? doing it. And there were a few other things that were kind of like that where you're like, well, you could do that, but why? Now, I will make a fearless prediction here, which is that 3D camera technology is coming to the iPhone because to. how would you not? Because yeah. that's what you want to do yeah. is take 3D video and photos on your iPhone mm-hmm. and then watch them mm-hmm. on the Vision Pro. Like, the idea about having a 3D camera on the thing is smart. You can take pictures when you have it on a thing, happens you take a photo. Sure. But th- there was a dystopian moment of here's the birthday party, which means you are wearing this thing at the birthday party. Like that is... Yeah. And I know why. Odd. I know why they did it because clearly there are several shots in this thing where people are walking around. Mm-hmm doing stuff in the real world. Yep. And that is sending the message that this is not a thing that you put on your head and then you stay still and don't interact with the real world. They want people to think mm-hmm. this is mixed reality. But that went a little too far. Um, and I, I think that there were a few other moments like that that looked to me like trying a little too hard to sell. And the truth is that some of these things won't be the reasons people want it. And then others will be, and they're taking their shot. But there are definitely a few moments where I thought, well, it's cool that it does this, but there are lots of other ways to do this. I do appreciate that, that and applaud them for the idea that they have a vision of extended workspaces, whether you're at work or traveling, where, you know, that moment, the moment that Federico, I know, just lost it, um, was because he was sitting right behind me, right next to you. Um, was and Dan Dan reacted this way too. It was very funny. The crowd really reacted. Was when you put the Mac laptop down on the table and the the screen goes out and a giant screen appears floating above it. That is it's just was ridiculous. It's just super cool. There's, there's no reason to do it that way, but I just love it, they did it that, that way. Know, that's right. Well, yeah. that's that's so like just look at your Mac and then there's a huge screen in front of you. And then the what I really liked. I, I'm very keen to know if they're going to allow you to have multiple Mac screens that you could, right? right? But what they did do, which like you got your Mac and your Vision OS apps right. on either side, and they can all interact with each which other. Which can be iPhone and iPad yeah. apps. Too. Which is, I mean, that will work fantastically. So the, the vision here is that instead of having to have a bunch uh, of big vision. displays, huh? Uh, you can have 
a bunch of virtual displays. And mm -hmm. you can do that at your office. You could do that at, at a hotel room. You can do that wherever. And I think that that's really interesting. We haven't even talked about the interaction model, which I think is also oh. very interesting. They're scanning your eyes. Yep. Um, they're doing eye tracking. That's good for foveated rendering, where they mm -hmm. don't they can focus um, the Just where they need the high looking. resolutions, highest resolution stuff, which which is very clever. But also, it knows where you look. Uh, by the way, that was a great part of the privacy thing because imagine TikTok. Like I don't like TikTok because it knows when I stop on a video for five seconds. Imagine if TikTok knew exactly what images on the video yeah. drew your attention. They're yeah. reading your mind. It's gross. And they're like, no, we don't do that. There's a totally different system. Yeah. I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. But they also showed people curled up on a couch and they're looking at stuff and they're just doing very subtle gestures with their hands because they're doing a click because yeah. it, it can it knows where you're looking and you're making some very limited gestures you know there's a, like a scroll gesture and a click gesture and a and like a pinch to zoom gesture and they're very simple and i i like how that looks how it works in practice we'll have to I see i don't know how comfortable it's going to be so like if i i feel like the the gestures still looked more than an iPhone, you know, if you're scoring through an iPhone. If you scroll through your iPhone, you just do it with your thumb, right? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of, like, movement of the hand, and, I, and I'm not convinced about the, the like, right. how that will feel to do. Um, but what I like is that, that you have the ability to connect peripherals to the, to the thing. Sure. You can use a trackpad, too. Because, basically, I'm thinking if I'm working, I would prefer a keyboard and... Trackpad. Even the gaming scenario, they went they went to it right away, right? Which is, look, if you want to play a game, here's a gamepad. Yeah, but that's yes. I'm I'm. I liked it in that sense. Yes. In that sense that it's like you're not limited here, but we're going to start you with. So that gestures. was playing a game an I, an iPad on game, a fake screen. Yeah. I'm. I still remain intrigued and unconvinced about full VR gaming right. with just hand tracking. Just hand tracking. That, and so we'll see how that goes. And eye tracking, but yes. Yeah, but like like the PlayStation VR 2 has eye tracking. And it's one of the things people like about it a lot, but they still have the controllers because you need buttons for all of these games. Yes. It might be, and as it should be, and because VR needs to break out of that model anyway, So it because it, at the moment a lot of VR games are just the same. And so this hand tracking, eye tracking combo might make some developers kind of pull out of their comfort zones. But realistically, people are going to want Beat Saber on this. And maybe they could do hand tracking Beat Saber. I don't know. But, you know, like uh, th there are going to be things like that. Pick your, your special um, Bluetooth Saber accessory yeah. at the Apple Store. But if that's what they do, I think that's fine. Like if they, if they ultimately end up working with a company to create an MFI... Yeah. And hand controller, I think that. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, we do need to move on. I do just want to touch on one last thing, which is the word persona for the 3D thing. Digital persona, yes. I didn't want to talk about that. Sold on that term, I, it doesn't feel. I feel like they almost didn't want to call it an avatar. I feel like that was what you would so, want to call it, but so, they can't. So they called it. Well, they could a persona. So they call it the digital persona. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. I thought it looked incredibly clever, but the truth is you were literally having your face 3D scanned and then a digital persona version of you mm -hmm. is created. I feel like it's going to be some weird... I, I feel like that is going to be... The demo uncanny. that they showed, it looked very 1.0, yeah. which is what it is. Yes. And, and I can imagine that will only get better, but looked 
in, like just the fact that if they're able to do that and it works the way it does in that keynote, that is unbelievable that they're able to do that from the cameras on this device mm -hmm. because it's no camera actually looking at you. And it's, I know it's like you use the you scan your face. And then it's using movement to try and work out yeah, what's going match, on. to match what your actual expression I'm is. I'm intrigued what that's going to be like. I feel like that's going to be the thing that's going to see the most progression over time. And I think that there's a real question about what do you want your digital persona to represent? Because right in, in this, especially because you're talking about work and mm. FaceTimes and things like it's that. It's you. It, you want it to represent you. But there's also... Not only do, do you not necessarily want it to represent exactly you, but you may want it to represent you in a particular different state. Like I have a friend who shall remain nameless who every time we do a Zoom call, she uses the Zoom lipstick and the Zoom eyebrows because she doesn't want to be represented as she is in the moment. She wants to be represented, augmented mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And Zoom lets you do that, which is great. It's amazing. But like that's those are some of my questions for this persona is yep. what if I have different personas in different places or I want my persona to not look like I actually look. Um, and that was not the focus of this, which is fine. Yep. And it is a 1.0, but I think that it's interesting. And also I will say one way you get out of the uncanny valley is to make the persona less like you. And so people may people may actually prefer to be more memoji like and there may be like we don't know right there may be the op and there probably is the, the ability to just, just be just memoji make me, i want to be if an elephant face, or whatever you can do it yeah. on facetime calls now exactly why would you not also be able to do it there but you also have and you know realistically if you're going to show one of them today you'd show this one because it yes. is it is fascinating from a technological perspective right. memoji we know what that means right they, it's like how do you do because here what they were doing is solving the problem of and we all thought it because they didn't show it until later yes which is isn't it great you're having a facetime conversation it's like well what are they seeing yeah, are they, what because is it? you yeah. have this thing yeah. on your face and yeah. you don't have a camera pointed at yeah. you and as they said if you did it you would have this thing on your face so how do they do that and then when they show it you're like Actually, you're kind of relieved, right? Because it's like, oh, it's not like a picture of my up my nose or something like that. It looks like me, kind of, and that was the that was the right answer to give here. But there's yeah. got to be more to dig into there. Speaking of more to dig into, we are obviously going to spend weeks talking about this thing, months, and there's there will be much more information. Like, I mean, just like over the next few weeks, yeah. I think there is going. I would imagine the show will be pretty much dominated by talking about this. Yeah. Um, so we'll pause it today because there's more to talk about. There is more. But this episode is brought to you in part by Notion. Project management tools are supposed to help you move faster and stay organized. If you're still jumping between 50 tabs just to get your work done, maybe you haven't found the route, find the route tool for you yet. Maybe you're looking for that right tool. That could be Notion. Nothing will slow you down like using the wrong tools to get things done. That's where Notion comes in. Notion have just launched Notion Projects, which includes new, powerful ways to manage your projects and leverage the power of their built-in AI features as well. Notion Projects combines project management with your documents, your knowledge base, and AI, so you can stop jumping between so many tools and paying for too many tools. In just one workspace, you can do everything you need to get your projects over the finish line, from brainstorming to drafting launch plans to organizing sprints and keeping everyone on 
deadline. I'm very excited about this. I'm, st- I'm starting to look into this for some Cortex brand stuff. Notion project looks really fascinating. Notion is super customizable. Everyone has preferences for how they like to view their projects, so you can view everything in the way that works best for you, whether that's a timeline, a table, or a Kanban board. There's powerful filtering and automation features, so you can work exactly the way that you want. And you've got, on top of that, Notion AI to help you automate all of that tedious overhead, like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps, freeing you up to do the deep work. I, I've actually been playing around with Notion AI to help me with podcast episode descriptions and social media posts to promote shows because I know the things I want to say. I'm just not sure how to most succinctly say them. So you can ask Notion AI to help you and it puts it all together for me with all the correct grammar, which I do struggle with sometimes. Uh, I've been really, you know, I think that these tools can be really useful as additions to the work that we're already doing to fill in gaps that would otherwise take up a ton of time. You know, like usually I'd write the description, I'd send it to one of my co-hosts, they would look at it, well, Notion AI can help me with that instead. Do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it for free today at notion.com slash upgrade. That is N-O-T-I-O-N dot com slash upgrade, of course, all lowercase letters. So go there right now and support the show at notion.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to Notion for their support of this show and Relay FM. We're going to, I think, lightning round the operating systems. All right, let's do it. So just as an overall thought, if this WWDC stopped before Vision Pro... That's a good WWDC. Yeah, I felt I like there was a lot here, way more than expected. Yeah, like when they started with, "Hey, we've got some updates to the phone app." I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting this. And there was just some really interesting stuff, and you could see the progression in some of these things in like the new uh, AirDrop feature, which is Name Drop, which is a name fantastic drop. name. Mm-hmm. It took me like two minutes. I was like, oh, I get it. Name Drop. Uh, I'm looking at like the poster contact thing. This yeah. is, seems to all be like coalescing from lock screens. Exactly. These are a lot of features that came from lock screens yeah. that are moving on. And I think the idea that you, and, and it's also coalescing from our custom messages images, right? Like you set yeah. a message, yep. you set an image for yourself and that's what your friends see. But, um, but I like it that, you know, if, if I call someone and I'm not, I assume if I'm not in their phone book, they will now get, the image of me and my name. That's that's how I understood that I, to be. I'm not sure if that happens if you're not in their phone right. book. Okay. You may have to add them as a contact. And you can also, because remember, it's somebody else sending you something, right? Mm-hmm. So they may be like wanting to protect you from bad photos that are being pranked to you. Yep. So I think, uh, but if it's in your contacts and then they have the control at that point, you, you allow to, them in and now, um, so you you put on a Santa hat or something because it's Christmas time, and then call me, and I'll see that because uh, you're and the whole contact card it's, too. It's not is nice, it's not me mm-hmm. choosing how to represent you. You get to choose how you represent yourself, yep. and yep. that means everybody who calls you, who's in your contacts, has this. Unless you say I don't want to use that, they have their own custom thing. That's very clever. I love the idea that, and just follow me here. Remember visual voicemail? That was such a that was like one of those key features in the original mm-hmm. iPhone thing. Well, with iOS 17, your phone rings and you want to send it to voicemail, you tap send to voicemail. And what happens is they don't go to voicemail. Your phone answers plays your voicemail message, beeps, begins recording and transcribing what they say, shows it on the screen, and at any point, if you want to pick it up, you tap the button and say, oh, no, I'm actually here, like back when we had like answering machines back 20 years ago. 
that'll and that's all happening on device. Mm -hmm. There's no carrier support required. It's yep. all just happening on your iPhone. So smart. And how many times have I, mean, I can't? I don't know about you. I I am constantly getting phone calls where I'm like, I don't know what that is. I send it to voicemail, and then I look at the voicemail transcription, and I think, oh, I should have answered it. And this solves that problem. Yep. It's like I've I've absolutely had that problem, and it totally solves it. So I'm assuming that that kind of dictation is being done with the same new tech that's in the dictation and the keyboard, where Apple dropped that they are using a transformer machine learning model, yeah. which is the transformer is the T in GPT. Yeah. So they are adopting this stuff for autocorrect for this new transcription stuff. That was a big surprise to me that they just, hey, we're using transformer models now too. And like, it looked like a thing that I've really wished from autocorrect for a while is more accurate full sentence changing. That like, right. if I type something out and there's clearly a word, the tense is incorrect for the rest of the sentence, or I've left uh, maybe an apostrophe out, but then when the rest of the sentence, you know I actually meant to say where rather than where. Right. And you could now go back in and change that for Word me. Word two seemed to be one of these two things when you typed it. But now that I've gotten to the end of the sentence, you know I it know be. which one it is. Yeah. Right? And so, like, yeah. I'm really... One, I just want I also want autocorrect to be better because I rely on it and make sure. so many mistakes. And, and now it's going to be doing autocorrection that's personal on device for you, yeah. which is so good, right? Because one of the big failings in autocorrect lately is that they've been using... Um, the masses of, of humanity mm -hmm. and the way that they write things, which is, I mean, it's nice. It's better maybe than nothing, but nothing's going to be better than the way you write. Yeah. And that's how, like, you know, the stories back in the day of like, there would be basically what felt like these bugs in everyone's phones where like yeah. some, some kind of spelling error would just propagate. It would just get and they, there. And there were times they had to put out operating system updates yeah. to change a spelling mistake. Hats off to Craig Federighi for actually saying ducking. Uh, ducking. That's just that, so... That got a big laugh and was a big so surprise. So good, so good. So I'm, I, I think that's really great. And that voicemail feature is brilliant because it serves a need. Mm -hmm. I didn't think uh, new phone app features was on my bingo card. But like, yeah, using essentially being able to build a lock screen-like mm -hmm. thing for your contact. So when you call your friends or family, they see you represented as you want. That's such a cool, yep. clever idea. I got two things in messages... That I, that I wanted so bad and gave up on yeah. wishing for, all emoji as stickers, and emoji as tapbacks. Yes, yes, that's the I'm fascinated by, and I actually wonder how much of this has to do with why do you choose the sticker pipeline for this instead of the tapback pipeline? Because um, I thought they would always just eventually add emoji to tapbacks, and that's not what they did. They added stickers to tapbacks, and they added all emoji to stickers. Mm -hmm. Same. Result. Yeah, I think they're so proud of that object occlusion thing where you can pull someone out and now rest in peace, sticker drop. An amazing app that was an, uh, an iMessage app. It's been Sherlock now because yeah. Apple now let you add stickers and it's so much easier to do because, and also you can make animated ones from live photos. I'm very excited about these features. But yeah, it is odd that they didn't just, but to be fair, this kind of just feels like a, it wouldn't it be good if we had stickers in tap bags too? And next time, like we're just going to move forward and just yeah. like bring it all to in, in all together. And I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I, I think if if you had to choose, you would choose this over just emoji picking because yep. this is more flexible. It, mm -hmm. It's anything as a tap back. Yeah. I love that. And I can imagine that 
it kind of started, and it's like, oh, let's just do the whole thing. Because yeah. if we do this now, are we going to end up doing this later on? Like, adding stickers to tap... Let's just make emoji stickers, stickers, tap backs. And I just like that I could use emoji as stickers. I've wanted that since the beginning of right. the stickers, right? It's just like, right. I like this, but sometimes I just want to have an emoji. And now they're all there. They're all there. And I'm very excited about that. Um, let's talk about standby for on iOS. Oh, yeah. That... It's an interesting feature. What I liked about this feature, this is the, you know, you put your phone in landscape, uses the always-on display, and you can show clock or widgets. It's like nightstand on the, the Apple clock, Watch. The clock images that they use were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, they look kind of like old-school yeah. alarm and, clock And you can vibes. choose. Yeah, I'm very excited about and, the way that looks. And I don't know if you caught it, but if you use different MagSafe chargers in different places, since the MagSafe chargers all have their own unique ID... Um, your settings um, stay the same. That is so, provided that you're using, I, I assume, a MagSafe charger, MagSafe not charger. in a magnetic wireless charger, right? No, I believe it's. I it's believe it's MagSafe. Be MagSafe. Although I don't know. I mean, it depends on what the what the chi, chan- chi standard is, and if there's like a, a an ID number I, that gets passed when you do if, that. I, I think that might be a MagSafe. So thing. it may just be Apple. But the idea there is that if you've got a MagSafe in the kitchen and a MagSafe in the bedroom, and you want them to behave differently in the two different places, they will. Yeah. So this. Standby and uh, FaceTime on TVOS. Yeah. Well, let me tell this, you. This is all leading towards this a HomePod is, of a screen. This is all leading toward yeah. HomePod with a screen and Apple TV that is that with a camera. Yep. Both of those things. Yeah, the moment that they announced the, the, um, the stand feature, Dan Morin and I, who both written extensively about smart assistants in the kitchen and things yep. like that. Yep. We both just looked at each other immediately because it's like, it's when they started going into the details of like, oh, and you can scroll down and there are witches and, and then you can, and the moment, the real clarity moment was, and then you can ask Siri things and it will show them to you on the screen. It's like, well, they've built it now. Yeah. They've literally built a smart assistant. And no longer need it, to say, hey. It's just, yeah, exactly. Um, y- you know, the software now completely exists to build a standalone smart assistant that can live in your kitchen. Multiple timers. At, at, we live in a magical time. Like yeah. a magical age or something that Federer yeah, you said. Like that was that. very funny. Well, that's I hear the funny. time makes the sun go around. Yeah. So. That, that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. I heard about that today. Yeah. Interactive widgets. This is a thing that I feel like I know exists now, but I have no idea about what is I, possible. So I can tell you... Um, oh, good. The idea is... Yeah, see? This I picked is good. This stuff is good up while, you were, uh, while yeah. you were having coffee. Um... Interactive widgets are meant to be uh, limited. I think yeah. uh, calculator widgets. Sorry, will, James. Sorry, no James. It's not going to happen. Um, but there are some fundamental things that you can do. So, like they showed the flashcard. So, I think the idea of toggling informational states is probably in there. I'm not 100% on that. But the idea that if you've got a widget that's got kind of like two frames, you could go back and forth between them uh, because that's sort of what's implied by yep. the flashcard thing. And then the idea that you can, um, very simple things like check a box. So check off a reminder. That's the kind of stuff that's intended here, is very simple interactions for very basic things. Um, Interactive with a widget from your internet, complete a to-do, play a pause or song or a podcast. Like the thing that I'm excited about, right? Like I use Timery. And now I'd be able to start and stop a timer without ever opening the app. Right, because the widget will just start and stop yeah, it. Which because is there's no text entry necessarily required, and if you set it up that way, and yeah. so that's going to be fantastic. Maybe Dice by Peacock could be interactive. Yeah, th- me and James were actually talking about this beforehand, and I said to him that you're probably more likely to have that, right? Where it's right. like you can, 
you can press and you'll get the app will just provide you a, you with a number rather than being able to type in. It's not going to be like a keyboard. Yeah, there's no yeah, there's anything. no keyboard. Yeah, there's no keyboard for sure. But I'm excited about that. Uh, it's good. It makes widgets are good, yeah. right? Like I'm. I, I'm sure there's some grumpy person out there who doesn't say oh, so, but sure. like I think of the is. things that Apple has introduced in the last few years, these new widgets are very good. They're really nice. I didn't want them to. I, I really like the way they look, and I didn't want them to go too far back to what they were. Right. So I think just something didn't. in the middle is a really nice touch. Yeah. The journaling app looks fantastic. Great. Like I, I like the way it looks. I think they've they've put a lot of thought into it. I'm super happy that there's an API. Mm-hmm. So people can can give their information to the journaling app. Right. I wish there was I doubt there is, but I wish there's an API that went the other it way. It doesn't go the other way. So yeah. so other journaling apps can use that information, but other oh. oh yeah. Yeah. So this is it. Other journaling apps can use that information. What you can't do is have apps contribute things into what's known by the journaling app. But that's fantastic. But yes, so if so you're if you're day one, if you're day one, you should be able to use this API and get the same stuff oh, that the journaling app is well, getting from Apple. Then I'm over the moon happy about that because awesome. I just think it's the right way to be. Yes. Like I, I, I think yes. it would have been really mean. Almost everything they announced today, if you notice, they're like, it does this great thing, and there's an API for developers. I mean, it, it, this is a developer. Because I read that that's as the way to there's do like it. an API, and there is right, like an API to offer this information up to the journaling app. But like, so like you can say like, how, hey, I make a podcast app and I can say to the API, like, oh, someone listened to this podcast. No, today. it's the other, it's the other way. Oh. It's the other way. So I, I don't believe this is my understanding. Okay. okay. Don't, don't ask me how I know that, that like apps can't contribute items to your day of things that have happened. Also the rumor that it was going to be all about proximity and stuff. That's also not true. Um, so how does it know when it says it like you shared the day with it's people? It's interactions with people like texts or or uh, phone calls, okay. or I believe their faces in photos. Okay, well, that's cool. That's better than the find my thing because I thought it was a bit weird. Yeah, I, I really want to know more about it. But like, I th- I like what they're doing. I like that there's prompts. I, I like that there is uh, there is a focus on mental health of it. Like, I, I like the way that they've positioned this app. I think it looks very good. The icons are very pretty. This is one that I want to spend more time digging into. And on iOS is. Like I'm really, really excited. One of the things I'm most excited about is playing around with that because I think it's like a cool thing that I did. Lightning round. Yeah. iPad OS, we have lock screen customization. We have widgets. That's great. Yep. More flexibility with Stage Manager. Who had that one on their bingo card? Seriously, is a thing that was going to happen this time. Yeah, well, unfortunately, my bingo card was lid closed, which didn't happen. But I will point out that you can't do lid closed unless you have something like support for the webcam and the external display. So that's all got to come before. Which which they now have. So uh, maybe we're on the on the Mm -hmm. board to getting to lid closed clamshell mode eventually. Also, yeah, the more flexibility thing. The idea that you can, for example, my complaint was always I tend to work with one window in the center. That's my primary window that I'm working in when I'm writing a story, and then I like to have some other windows kind of off to the side. And um, you kind of couldn't do that with no. Stage Manager before because they, they would say, no, that's unbalanced. Let's just put it two up. Like, but, I don't want it two up. And now you're going to be able to do that. I don't trust Stage Manager until I try it now. We'll see. Because it looked perfect the first time. Sure. Right. We, um, were, we were doing, uh, Federico and I were doing like slow-mos of the animations trying to understand yeah. what we were seeing. And I'm and very excited know, so. to see, hopefully, maybe there's some changes to macOS stage manager maybe if i'm maybe. lucky i would like such some enhancements i want to do a quick shout out to pdf because people are okay. like what like pdf why that's like phone app like why are we doing this i'll tell you i twice in the last year have been in a situation where i wanted to do a collaborative markup of a pdf with somebody 
like like a puzzle and you want to solve it together or something. And I what I did is I brought it into freeform. And it was terrible. <laughs> and now they're just like, no, you can just do it with PDFs. We, we, we're not going to make you go into some other app mm-hmm. uh, in order to do the markup. You can just mark up PDFs together. Also using machine learning to like it figure out nice this is a form. Too. and Yeah, all of that is just, it's really great. PDF is one of those things that I know it sounds boring, but like it's paper at this point. It is what Adobe wanted it to be all along, which is like it's digital paper. Everybody uses it. Everybody uses the mm-hmm. format. And so to see the ability to do that kind of thing, including shared markup with Apple Pencil. I love it. Just, it, I know it's boring, but like I, I've literally had multiple times where I've tried to do it and had that moment, which is like, this should be easier. And uh, now it will be, hopefully. So that's great. The Mac got TV, the TVOS screensavers, which is awesome. Yes. Right, which is, I love, I'm very happy with that. Widgets on Widgets the desktop. On the desktop. Super cool too. Yeah, where they do the haze over kind of thing Mm -hmm. where they fade into the background and then you click on desktop and they come back up as full color and all of that, but they're there. And then it obviously benefits from the other stuff. There wasn't. Mac Gaming got a segment. Yeah. Who had that? Hideo Kojima. Yeah, big deal. Game mode. That's a big deal. Game mode basically, like if you put a game in full screen, um, the Mac now will actually know that you're playing a game and that it gets priority for the CPU and the GPU, which I I actually launched No Man's Sky the other day uh, because it came out for the Mac. And um, I, I still had, like, Safari and MimeStream and a whole bunch of other apps open. And, like, it just was, uh, 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 the frame rate was terrible. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to quit all my other apps. Well, the, the prospect here is that if you launch a game when you have other apps running on your Mac, the Mac goes, oh, you're playing a game now and prioritizes that yeah. for the CPUs and the GPUs. That should help a lot. Lower latency. That's really good. And then they're, yeah, they're increasing their Bluetooth sampling. They've lowered the audio latency. The whole idea here, like, is this going to solve everything about the Mac being a gaming platform? No, No. but it's, it's, it helps. Genuinely, (laughs) having Hideo Kojima and the things he said were were a very big deal to me. Like, bringing Death Stranding is fine. Like, Death Stranding is not a new game. And like, what, but, but he said like, and, and our future and games. Future projects. And I'm excited about this as like the start of a new future for Mac gaming. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Like, that, that is a... I was excited about that. And again, he has nothing to do with No Man's Sky. I have no idea why that became a thing. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Is, uh, not so much on the Mac. And what I'll say on watchOS as well was leading up to it, like, oh, this is going to be like the biggest change for an operating system. It's so what it there's stuff it's yeah, new and it's it looks not, cool but it's not it's not a complete huge. rethink except I've got uh, so a couple things about the watch. Okay. One is the way that the widgets are built is that you you scroll the crown mm-hmm. and the widgets come up on top of your watch face. That's really good and you can choose what widgets go there, which means that you you if you value widgets you can get to them very quickly. You don't have to launch an app and you don't have to be limited to a complication. That's really good. It also means that if you're somebody who uses complications, because you can make a widget with complications in it. So it means that if you have watch faces that you wanted to use, but you can't because you need complications, just use those watch faces yep. now because you scroll up and there are your complications. Yep. They're right there to tap, to go to, you know, to check your rings or whatever you uh-huh. want to do. So that's all really good. Um, it doesn't feel like a rethink, although I did like the part of the app design change that they made that I really liked is the idea that 
apps basically have complications. Yes, now yeah, in the that's, corners, that's really cool. And that's how you do it. And that that I will say, after ten years of Apple Watch development, that's a great example of Apple realizing how people use the watch. It's like, oh, watch users understand about little icons in the corners that have meaning. It makes logical sense. Let's use that. Like if, if to if solve this problem all of a the tiny time, screen. There's stuff in the corners on your Apple Watch. Why would it not be all the time? All the time. Like it's it's when it's one of the things in that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's like good right? logic. So so that part. It, so it's not a, it's not the watchOS rethink that we mm-hmm. thought, but I think those are two tangible things that improve watchOS. But it's 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 effectively like a rethink of the Siri watch face. It, there are elements bringing, bringing it to the whole system yep. and saying why is it limited to that? Because I never used the Siri watch face because I didn't really like it, even though I like the idea of it. And this is like, well, no, no, just use whatever watch face you want. Yeah. And all that information is just right there for you. I think that's good. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I'm intrigued how that's going to play out. Yeah. I think it could be really cool to have more information kind of just there. And obviously, the the widgets will be more information rich than a complication. Yes. And so, like, for sure. I may, for example, stop using my weather complication because I'll use a widget, and then I have a new complication space. Yes. Right. So, like, pin, there's little bits like that. And you can pin widgets. So, if you want to put your weather Excellent. at the top, that's what I would want to do. Then, or if you wanted to put the complications at the top, you could do right. That. So then you could use the photo watch face and still have your complications just yep. at one little, and you're right there. That's good. That's really cool. Um, the mood tracking thing. It looks like a really nice experience. I, I like the visualness of it. That, I think, is very nice to use. It's pleasant to use, which is what you would want from a thing like that if you were feeling down, right? That, like, you don't have to say how you're feeling. You can just choose from a visual. Yeah. Like, I think that there is a, yeah. there's a nice seat to that. And I like it, that part. And then it tracks it, so it's, got, it, it's able to gain some insight about whether you're, you know, you're feeling down or if you... you you know, the, it's understanding your history. I yeah. like that. Yeah, and I like the quizzes and stuff that you're able to take that yeah, evaluations. Nice. It was all really nice. Um, can I mention that we were doing the iOS lightning round here? I just want to point out that, or the I, the OS, oh, OS lightning round, yeah. that there was there were there was iOS, iPad OS, Mac OS, and then um, things that support the audio audio in the home. <laughs> TV OS, I guess, would be yeah. in that and other, AirPods OS I and feel like and really. the AirPods. Like yeah. TV OS, actually, had, we mentioned it earlier. Great. FaceTime on TVOS with continuity camera is great. I do weekly, yeah, or, or I guess it's every other week, Zoom calls with Lauren's family, mm-hmm. and we're sitting in front of a big TV, and we end up putting it on like an iPad or a laptop, mm-hmm. and it's stupid. So this is great. I think this is going to be great. And the fact, again, they went out of their way to say this will also work with Zoom and anything mm-hmm. else, and they're going to be on TVOS for the first time. And so I was, I was very happy with that. And also TVOS, you'll, you'll like this as the TVOS reviewer, that new control center for TVOS that doesn't, isn't stupid. Yeah, it looked good. <laughs> it's actually it, Jeff, good. These were some good updates to TVOS. Yeah, there really? was more right? in there than I obviously was in my draft. I thought they wouldn't even yeah. talk about it. And, and I was, I'm actually enthused by them doing it this way because this gives them the opportunity to talk about this operating system and these features all in one bucket. Yes. HomePod and AirPods and TV. Yes. Like, it makes sense to put them all together. And I thought it was a nice presentation. And as we finish the lightning round, I want to say shout out to Adaptive Ooh, Audio on AirPods. That's good. It's, well, and think about it. It's like, again, they took the things they built for AirPods, so transparency mode, noise canceling, and it's like, those are nice, but this is, now that they've been out in the wild for a while, this is their, 
what if we could intelligently blend them so you don't have to do that? Yeah. You can if you want to, but like, what if we made it so that when somebody starts talking to you, it does something to adapt? What if we made it so that you can hear important sounds that are around you, but not dumb noise that's around you? Yep. And being able to try and make some guesses about all of that. That's because in the end, as great as transparency and noise canceling are, what's even greater is if you don't have to keep reaching up to your ear to, to toggle between them because the device knows. It's like for me, uh, one of the times where I use noise cancellation, but I don't want to is when I'm on the tube. Right, because sometimes they, the, the trains are really loud, so I want to put noise cancellation on, but I want to be able to hear the announcements. So my hope is that this would provide that, right? Yeah. That, like, if there was an announcement, it might be able to pick that up and give that information to so. me. And so that I would like that a lot. Um, it's worth noting, AirPods Pro, second generation only. Yes. Which makes me think, we're wearing AirPods Max today. I use AirPods Max when I'm on planes. Next generation. I'm now hoping there will be a new generation of right. AirPods Max that will support this. Right. Because like for me, a good time is plane. Like when I was flying over here multiple times, the the uh, flight attendant was asking me questions and Adina had to like hit me. He's, he's yeah. asking me a question. Yeah, right. Because I, I was just watching, I watched 13 episodes of the West Wing on the flight. Wow. I didn't mean to do that, but I just started, and that was where that, where I went. That's what happened. And so I was engrossed in the show, and I wasn't. But like, if, yeah. because I couldn't well, this, hear that someone was talking to and me. And this shows you how Apple has a philosophy as a company, because mm -hmm. this is the same conversation we had about the Apple Vision Pro, which is mm. letting you be as detached from reality as you need mm -hmm. to be, but being smart about re allowing you to remain attached in some way. Yep. This is that kind of idea that you're on the plane and somebody's trying to talk to you and it knows, and it connects you, unless you want to not be bothered. But, like, I think that's great. I think that's how it should work. We will talk more about these operating systems uh, over the coming months, especially as we install betas and get time to use them Indeed. and find out what people the, are finding out from little, little bits, of details little this bits week. and bobs. This week we'll learn a lot. This episode is brought to you by FitBod. Getting fitter is one of those things that can have huge effects in other areas of your life that you might not otherwise expect, like having more energy and sleeping better, but it can be hard to know where to start, which is why FitBod is an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan just for you. They have an algorithm that learns about you and your goals and your training ability to create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment you have, all live in an app that makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform every exercise. They have over 1,400 HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles to make sure that learning every exercise is a breeze. It will also integrate with your smartwatch, your Apple Watch, uh, and apps like Apple Health as well, so Fitbod can have all of that information available for you. Fitbod creates a fitness path for you. They want to make sure that things are customized to suit you because that's when, if something is made for you with fitness, it's going to stick and you'll see the results that you're looking for. And they have technology to understand your strength training ability by studying your past workouts and adapting to any available equipment that you have to create a training plan to maximize fitness gains by intelligently varying intensity and volume between sessions to make sure that you're working your muscles correctly. FitBod will also track muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up today at fitbod.me upgrade. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me upgrade and get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me upgrade for 25% off. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
We had got three new Macs today. Yes. 15-inch MacBook Air, new version of the Mac Studio, Apple Silicon Mac Pro. Apple Silicon Mac Pro is shipping next week. That is unbelievable what? to me. Huh? Like out of nowhere? And for all of our tea leaf reading mm-hmm. about what Apple does and why they do it, and you know there are a lot of people out there who are like, Apple will never... What will Apple never? Apple will never release an M2. I don't know why they talk like that. But they do. Apple uh, will, ah! never, <laughs> will never release uh, an M2 15-inch MacBook Air because the M2 13-inch MacBook Air has been out for almost a year. They'll never do that. Well, they did it. Apple will never release a Mac Studio with an M2 Ultra in it and a Mac Pro with an M2 Ultra in it. Apple will do a lot of things that that people think it'll never do. And the idea here is the Mac Pro is what it is. It, it it's not uh it's just got the ultra chip in it. It's got lots of slots. The slots are not for graphics, they're for storage and networking on audio and, and audio and, like and all those things and they had a Specific they had a bunch uses. set up and they said, you know, for video editors they they like a lot of this and for audio editors they do this and there's a lot of like super fast networking that's done in media fields and that's what they're doing. And of course, from Apple's perspective, like they can't, at least yet, re-engineer the way graphics cores work in Apple Silicon. So they're going to lean into the other things because that's what they've got. But it's here. Like, the, it closes the transition. And now we can start speculating about, like, are they going to do more on the Mac Pro side going forward? But it's out. They shipped it. And they, and they shipped the Ultra at the same time, or are about to ship the Ultra at the same time, or the, the uh, studio with, oh. with, uh, with Macs and Ultra. Um, a little curious about why it took them so long to get those Mac Studios out there, but happy to see them out there because as somebody who loves the Mac Studio, I'm glad that the Mac Studio ha- is not a one-off. I think they maybe didn't want to rev the Mac Studio until they had the Mac Pro. I think maybe you're right. Because it sent the wrong message. And now they can say, here's why you can choose, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I liked that they framed it that way, answering some of those questions yeah. about why. And the answer is, look... We have customers who just need this, and we have customers who need this space of the Mac Pro, and so we're going to give that to them. Um, but yep. and and nothing surprising about it. There's no big uh, they didn't know, redesign conspiracy it. theory. It is literally the enclosure that you know, lots and lots of space inside it for lots and lots of cards, and that's and 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 there's no change to the RAM and, and uh, graphics model because it's Apple Silicon, and that's where we are. And I mean, you can put. Up to 192 gigabytes of RAM in yeah. there, so I think you're going to be fine. Oh sure, I mean it's just <laughs> you know, you know the, the one of those debates about like, but what if I need more GPUs and yeah. all of that? However, the star of the show, other than you know, is the 15 inch MacBook Air, because here's the thing. It's not any different from the 13-inch MacBook Air. It is an M2 MacBook Air that's bigger. I got to hold one. Me too. It is, other than the fact that there's more space on the sides of the keyboard because it's a bigger computer and it's got a bigger screen. If you didn't know about this, if you didn't notice the space on the sides of the keyboard, you might not even understand whether you are not just looking at a 13-inch because they're they're designed the same. They look the same. It's just bigger. The battery is... Uh, it's got the bigger screen. Presumably, it's got better battery, too. The net result is the same quoted battery life. The only thing that's really different, other than the fact that the screen's bigger and it's a little bit heavier, is that the audio's a little bit bigger. There was room for, like, two more drivers, I guess, in the audio. But, like, basically, it's the 12 or 13-inch MacBook Air, but bigger. Yeah. 13-inch MacBook Air, most popular laptop around, Best essentially. 
best uh, computer. You and me both. Yeah. Um, and some people want a bigger one. Like this is this is it is Apple. Look, Apple could have said, well, if you want a bigger laptop, pay more than a thousand dollars to get a MacBook Pro. And some people will say yes. A lot of people will say no. Yeah. I think the 15-inch Air is going to be a big hit. Yeah. Maybe bigger than the 13-inch. If not, you know, because they're a couple hundred dollars apart, because um, they cut the price of the M2 Air by a hundred, which is great. Awesome. You can see it's like it's getting closer and cl- like yeah. another year or two, it's 9.99. Yeah, right? exactly. It's getting there. So that's the one that like all of us jaded Apple watchers are like, yeah, okay, MacBook Air, M2, boring, whatever. That thing is going to be a hit. And, if it's, I and used, people are going to love it. And it's going to be really, yeah. really good and successful because the 13-inch model is great. And now there's one for $100 more than the 13-inch model used to cost until today. You can get a 15-inch laptop. And there hasn't been a, a 15-inch Mac laptop in that price range for a while. Yeah. If I used my laptop more like a laptop, right? Like it's plugged into my studio display most of the time. Right. Like, I think I would prefer the 15 over the 13 because you get more screen it's real more estate. More space, yeah. Like, I, 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 more space. Right now, I don't have enough screen space to do what I'm doing, but most of the time this is not a yeah. problem to me because I'm plugged into a display and I like having the small form factor for, for traveling. And I know a lot of our listeners are MacBook Pro people and they're like, well, you just get a MacBook Pro. But the MacBook Pro... You don't need a MacBook Pro anymore. 16-inch MacBook Pro is so expensive... And, and it's also so much bigger. It's heavier. Well, it's and it's bigger and it's heavier and all those things. And like there, some people might choose that just for the screen size. But what the 15-inch Air suggests is, which I think is true, there are a lot of people who are just not going to spend $2,500 on a laptop to get a bigger screen. And Apple wasn't yep. serving that audience. There are a lot of people that use their laptop for everything. They watch all their media on their laptop, yeah. right? Like I'm thinking like students and stuff. Right, like, exactly. or if you uh, you flat share and you just have a bedroom, right? You don't you don't necessarily want to put a TV in there. Uh, like, wouldn't it be better to have a bit bigger screen? This thing's gonna do good. I think I, I picked think so. it up. And I think was it's gonna be a hit. Genuinely surprised about how it's like light 3. it was. Three point three pounds. It's, it's, it's pretty it light. Really good. Yeah. What I wanted to check like what the weight difference was between the thirteen and fifteen. So it's. Two point seven pounds for the thirteen, three point three pounds. Yeah, for so it's I mean it's half a pound it's, heavier, but, but it's, it's also not, a fifteen point three inch yeah. display. It's a really nice sized display. Look good too. I was playing. Yeah, I went for the whole demo. They were showing a bunch of stuff. It's, it's like it's an M two. It's MacBook an M two MacBook Air. Air. It's just a bigger screen. It's that's like a, a that's great literally product. all it is. And I know we can all be like, oh, again, it, oh, it's so boring. It's like yeah, it is boring. It's also going to be an enormous hit, and. Uh, <laughs> In this calendar year, the most important product that Apple announced today. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, you know what I wanted to talk about real quick sure. before we wrap up? Is the availability thing of the Reality Pro. It's like nope, I have Vision Pro. Vision Pro. You got to stop God, saying it. I will get there eventually. The Apple Vision Pro. It's, it's facing a potential conundrum for me of like available in, you know, say January, February. Yeah next year and US like only. an unknown time well i mean mm-hmm. i gotta get one yeah so it's like do i have someone buy one and ship one to me do big, i come to america buddy oh right? coming to america i could do that i could yeah. take a flight to like i don't know somewhere on the east coast yeah and get but it's like this is gonna be an interesting thing i'm not sure what i'm gonna do there but i have a lot of time to think about that you but do. anyway that was a diversion back to the max 
uh, I am interested in this Mac Studio uh, because for me, so I think I think for me in the future, a Mac Studio is a good idea for me because right now I'm using a 14-inch MacBook Pro that is permanently in clamshell mode as my recording and production machine at Studio, just because I have it. Yeah. Right. So like uh, when I got the MacBook Air, completely won me over with the review unit, and I was like, this is the laptop I want. Mm-hmm. But I still need something to produce my shows, and that's really powerful, and it's doing a great job for me. And I always thought maybe, you know, the Mac Studio makes sense for the the actual physical setup that I have, but I was nervous that it was a one and done. But it's not. It's not. So now, like, I don't know when or if. I would, I'm probably a, a couple of years away now from I still wanting to, to that upgrade that Pro. machine. Sell that MacBook Pro? Yeah, I might do. I'll see. But, like, my point now is, like, I now feel confident in Mac Studio. In Mac Studio as a thing that I can like get on board with that idea. Mac Studio is more of a representation of Apple's vision of what computing is in mm-hmm. Apple Silicon for pro users yep. than the Mac Pro is. Yep. The Mac Pro is like there because it needs to be there and it's nice to have it and all of that. But the fact is that given the priorities that Apple has done for Apple Silicon, in terms of things like closely integrating the GPU and the memory and all those things. The Mac Studio is the is the ultimate kind of iteration of that philosophy. The Mac Pro is more like a little sideline where it's tweaked a little bit and it's a little more modular because some people want that. But like the purity of the vision, I think, is that Mac Studio. Yeah. What a day. Big day. Huge day. day. This is going to take some time to process. I yeah. feel like we had two WWDC keynotes today. It, it felt like that a little right? bit, doesn't it? And so I'm very excited to be here and we can bathe in the information uh, over the next few days and then we'll be recording together again on Monday. My house, yeah. Uh, as we'll ring in the beginning of the summer of fun and we'll yes. talk more about this stuff. Uh, we'll have more information and we'll be able to dig into it further. Speaking of the summer of fun, don't forget that you can get your exclusive official Summer of Fun merchandise right now by going to UpgradeYourWardrobe.com. Go and check out the new Thunderbolt Dock Surf Shop t-shirt. Yeah. It's very fun, very cool, great colors. Yeah, thanks to designer JD. Yes, putting uh, that one he, together. He, I had a vision of like a surf shop a shirt, and JD came through. It JD came through. Yep. If you want to send us your feedback, follow-up, and questions, I'm sure you'll have a ton of Ask Upgrade questions for us the next week. Yeah. Go to UpgradeFeedback.com. You can check out Jason and Dan's work at SixColors.com. I'm sure you're going to have a ton of stuff going on sure. over the next few weeks. You can hear Jason's shows here on RelayFM and TheIncomparable.com. Check out Downstream and the new Downstream Plus. That's a really cool Thank thing you. that you're doing. Yes. Uh, you can listen to my shows here on RelayFM and check out my work at CortexBrand.com. We're on Mastodon. Jason is at jsnell on zeppelin.flights. You can find me as at imike on mike.social. You can also find the show as at upgrade on relayfm.social, where you can also see video clips along on our TikTok and Instagram accounts. We are at upgrade relay on both. I was hanging out with a video consultant of the show, Jeremy Burge, yesterday, and he posted an official TikTok face reveal for I me, saw. which is apparently a thing. A thing. Yeah. Uh, we, thanks to the people at Apple, have video of this. Yes, we'll try to post it somewhere. Yeah. So this show, I mean, you've already heard it now, yes. but there'll be a video version if you just want to see what it looked like. Yeah, sure. And we'll put some clips up, I'm sure. Yeah. Somewhere. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you to our members who support us at Upgrade Plus. You can go to getupgradeplus.com to find out more. Thank you to Fitbod and Notion and Squarespace for their support of this show. But most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Jess. Now. Goodbye, Mike Hurley.